Hey, I'm Stevie. What's up? I'm Monty J. And you're listening to the Bookshelf Boyfriends Podcast. Where we take a deep dive with your favorite contemporary romance authors. Asking them questions about everything from their writing process to their reading habits, plus so much more. Join us as we help you find your next Bookshelf Boyfriend. What's up, bookworms? It's your host, Stevie. What's up, guys? It's MJ. Hope everybody's having a lovely day. (laughs) I don't even remember what day it is. (laughs) Story of my life. What is it, Tuesday? (laughs) I, yeah, I know, right? It's like, it's like, it's the longest week ever. Because, you know, it's fucking, and it's Tuesday. (laughs) It's like not even the full week yet. And the weather, I think for you and I, because we're on the East Coast and we've been dealing with this really cold, like gloomy, snowy weather and like rainy weather. And it's just like, yeah, it's just been dragging. Um, so for me, um, I'm about to start reading. I'll keep you updated on the next podcast, but I'm about to start reading Inertia by C.M. Radcliffe, which is the second portion in her duet. It's so fucking good. I'm so excited. And then I also got an ARC copy of The Seduction of Pretty Lies by Holly Renee, which I'm excited as fuck to read because I love this series and I'm super excited about Ollie. So I keep you updated on how amazingly awesome that was. I read an amazing series over the weekend called the Mindfuck series. I'm sure everybody and their mother has heard about it because of TikTok. But when I tell you that it is so worth the hype, it's not even funny. You better sit down and you better fucking go read it. It is so good. And when I tell you that she called me at one o'clock in the morning to tell me about this series. I was, it was real, dude. I was like, this is literally the best thing I've read in such a long time. So for real, it's worth the hype. Trust me. It's on KU. You got nothing to lose. Go fucking read that shit, dude. Go read that shit. But other than that, that's it for me, Stevie. Anything from you? No, not really. Um, you can get Tori Fox's book, uh, Atonement, for free on Amazon. Very exciting. Very exciting. Until Sunday. When, so go buy it. When does this thing, when, when does this book, when does this podcast release? Tomorrow. Okay. Tomorrow, Michelle B's new book. One, what the fuck is it? One Lonely Night? One Faithful Night? One Faithful Night, I believe. By Michelle B will be up for pre-order. So go check that out. It's Mafia. It's the second in a series. You can read um, Smoke and Mirrors, which is the first one on KU right now. And it's a great series. So go check that out. Um, Start with the Heart series first. Start with the Heart series first because you meet uh, the character from this new book in the first three books. Yeah, you meet Antonio in the first three books, yeah. But other than that, that's it for me. Giovanni. Oh, shit. Yeah. 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 Giovanni is in the Anyways. first three books because of uh, Sophia. So, yeah. Go read the first series. Um, but it, that's it for me. Is that it for you? Yep. That's it for me. I'm, I'm got nothing read to do. I'm going to read this author's um, uh, thing, but I'm going to need Stevie to tell me how to pronounce her first name first. Janie. 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 <laughs> 
All right, Janie Diamond is a contemporary. <laughs> I made it too complicated almost. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, mute yourself so I can read this bio. Janie Diamond is a contemporary romance author, fond of writing love stories of built and badass men endowed with massive hearts and strong, complex women she'd love to have a cocktail with. She lives on the west coast of Canada with her real-life romantic hero, Mr. Diamond, and their daughter, where she reads, writes, and drinks copious amounts of tea. Without further ado, let's go talk to Miss Janie. Hold on, I can't find the button. All right. Thank you so much for joining us on the Bookshelf Boyfriends podcast. Jane Diamond, welcome, welcome. Hi. Thank you for having me. Oh my God. Thank you so much for coming. I always feel so bad when people are like, thank you for having me. It's like, no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you weren't going to come, if you don't come on the podcast, then we don't have a podcast. It would just be me and Stevie talking about absolutely nothing. <laughs> then we would definitely so, be lonely here because we're not that interesting. <laughs> We're not. We're not. Um, so I like to start things off in a very cheesy fashion and ask you how the weather Perfect. is, where you're at. Oh, that's cool. I'm Canadian. We love talking about the weather. We're obsessed with the weather. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sadly, obsessed with the weather. I think I make jokes about it in my books. Um, oh. It's, you know, it's it's actually quite nice considering it's January. It's coldest time of year, but it's uh, pretty nice here. No snow right now. What part of can Canada, Canadian? What part of Canada are you from? What part of Canada are you from? I am from the prairie, smack in the middle of Canada, but I live on the West Coast now. I've been here for ooh, 17 years, 18 years, something like that. Okay, wait, my geometry, my geometry, my geography <laughs> is really fucking bad. So West Coast is like what? British Toronto Columbia. is like East Coast, right? Western West Coast is like British Columbia, Vancouver, right? That's right. Okay, cool. Now, obviously, you don't have to post the specific location and address of where you live, <laughs> but I was just trying to make sure I had the right you area. You do. Got it. Uh, oh, my God. Does that mean you're like a, are you a hockey fan? Uh, I'm not, not a hockey fan, as in I don't dislike hockey, but I mean, I haven't watched a hockey game in years, so I'm a sort of a fair weather fan, you know, if my friends are into it or if there's a big season or something I might watch, but yeah, I'm not like a, a hockey fan per se. Um, I think it's a great game. It's really fun to watch. I enjoy it when I watch it, but I could take it or leave it, I guess. Okay, cool. Cause I was like, it's better for you to have like a, have a medium opinion on it. So as not to have like a strong <laughs> opinion on it because I was like, MJ and I are both lot. huge hockey fans. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was going to say, are you a hockey fan yourself? Oh, I absolutely am. I don't know if you could see this little thing that my dad got me. It's also, oh, I didn't notice it. Okay. It's like an old school, like thing i'm a boston bruins fan and like i mean it's in our blood to just directly hate any type of canadian team it doesn't even of matter course. so of course. i was like god i hope i hope that she's not like die hard. my like, favorite player no. is canadian so okay god, i'm here for Lord. it my favorite player is canadian too but it doesn't matter um <laughs> anyway so moving forward we're gonna jump right into questions about your books um and we're super sure. excited to hear the answers for them so we're gonna jump in and start with dirt the dirty series okay. uh so dirty like me is the first book in this and mm. which is the man jesse okay and my soul <laughs> my husband Bloom. my fictional okay. husband 
<laughs> and she gets this, you know, she gets this coveted role in the Dirty Music video, which then turns into like a fake relationship vibe, which I love this idea because in my head as a child, when my child was like a teenager, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to get, I'm going to get cast on like a movie, like a music video and the, and the person's going to fall in love with me. Like that oh, was yeah, like, about your my, dream. Yeah, it was my For dream. Real. Okay. Like, Okay. What was your inspiration behind this book? Because, you know, you gave us so much with it. So like, where did it come from? Oh, thank you. That's very sweet to say. Um, you know, it came from just years and years, probably absorbing, you know, the music that I, that I loved. My dad was really into music and had a huge vinyl collection, not huge, like Katie gets from her father, but uh, I would pour through his albums as a kid and I really got into music. Like I'm talking, you know, pretty young. Like when I was, you know, eight, nine years old, I was listening to classic rock and heavy metal and like none of my friends knew what the heck that was that. at the time. <laughs> so I was very much like into music and I still am to this day. I went to every, every uh, concert I could. I was always reading interviews with musicians, um, watching documentaries, watching every video I could get my hands on back in the day. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I don't know, it was just like absorbing all of that and being such a passionate fan, I think. And when I decided to write romance, that just was a natural, you know, one of the first ideas I came up with. I wasn't like planning to do that. It just sort of came. You're just like a natural connoisseur of music. That's Yeah, I think yeah. so. so I mean, it just yeah. happened. I love that. But I love that you like, I know that you just made like every teenage girl's dream like come true. Because it's like it's <laughs> It's either like, oh, like I'm in the music video and I'm on set and he falls in love with me, or it's like right. I'm in the crowd and he sees Oh me yeah, right. Show. You go to the concert. I remember my first concert, Bon Jovi. I was 14 years old. And you know, you're in this arena and they had this um like a kind of a catwalk thing that came down over the like you, you know, you reach up and you feel like you can almost touch it, but you can't. And yeah. he ran right, like John Bon Jovi ran right by and was singing over and it, you just want him to like see you right like and like did he see me but oh. every girl's thinking that right did he see me did he lock eyes with me did he exactly. notice me yeah um right my first concert was one direction and i will never forget <laughs> for the rest of my life that i shaved my legs before i went into this right. concert of course like, you did because in my head they're gonna pull my 14 year old self <laughs> out of the crowd i love it stage and I'm gonna need to do something that requires me to have my legs shaved. That's right. And I was like, this is the most and when I it's as I'm older now, I'm like, you are the most embarrassing teenager I have ever met in my whole life. But I get it. It's fine. Obviously I hope I'm not the only I one. I don't think you're think the I only am. one. <laughs> Clearly. Be embarrassing together. So it's fine. All right, CB, you go ahead with the next one. Okay. I have a really funny question. My friend Alrighty. Lori and I have been reading your books for a while and we're obsessed. Right. Um, Hi, Lori. <laughs> we're actually coming to Vegas together for the signing. So we're really excited about this. But this question always comes up. Sure. We're dying to know about the house on the island. Oh, okay. Yeah, the house on the island. So when you say the house on the island, are you talking about Dylan? Dylan's house and Ashley's house on the island, their neighbors. Yes. Is that I want to know if it's about? actually a real place or not, or what inspired it? Because, because you want to go there. Not even that we want to go there. <laughs> we're just really there. curious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's um, the island itself is a fictional island that is inspired by many different real places as well as fantasy, and same with the houses. 
Okay, cool. So it's not a real place. It wasn't even inspired by nothing. It wasn't even inspired by real not place. A Damn, specific place. A combo of places and fantasy. Yeah. Listen, I just have this idea, like in my head, I just have this idea of like an island where like all these fictional characters live. I feel like that's how my works <laughs> in my head, you know? Like they're separated all on islands, you know? Like I have different world building going on. So they all live in different places. Right. <laughs> different peninsulas and shit. <laughs> Do you have a double question, right? Because yes, I don't have I to do. add. I have one more, and I know this question <laughs> is asked all the time. I'm okay. in the reader group, so I know other people are like oh. wanting, wanting the answer okay. to it too. Nice. Um, okay. So we want to know if any of the dirty boys are going to get next gens. Ah, uh, yes, that is a popular question. We need some. We need some Jesse and Katie babies. Yeah. Um, have you read, how far have you read in the series? Um, I have gotten through the player series. Okay. So then you know that there is a little bit of a next gen starting to populate. Okay. They're coming. Starting to populate. (laughs) You're starting to fertilize the next generation. Yes. Uh, so yeah, I do get asked that quite a bit and I think it would be a lot of fun. I would love to do that, but, um, I am religious, like anal retentively religious about timelines and I track everything relentlessly. That's one of the things in fictional worlds that like really irks me. Like personally, I don't like it when it breaks that reality of like the the factuality of a timeline. So Um, And I know sometimes authors will even sort of bend the time and that to make a next generation or something fit. Right. And that's, that's cool. But uh, I don't think I could do that. I'm just too anal for it. So the the children that are starting to show up, it would be, you know, several years before they'd be old enough in this timeline to actually have romances of their own. And I'm, I, you know, I, I plan to stick to that. So it wouldn't be anytime soon, but I would love to do it. And the good news is I'll be writing forever. So I'm sure someday we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there eventually. We will get there. Eventually. Yeah. But I mean, I think I understand what you're saying. Like, as in like, if you were to write the next generation now, like it would be weird because yeah. technically like by age standpoint, they would only like by book standpoint, they only be like six, seven, eight, something like that. And like, in a few, <laughs> you know, like, but like, yeah. they're, like if they're in the future and you based your series in the now, yeah. what the fuck are you going to write about? Flying right. cars? Right. You know? like, like, I, like I write it in the now, but like real time, like I, I don't say in the book exactly when it is, but the books were about a couple of years behind real time. Right now, the book I'm writing, the most current one is sort of last year, although I don't say that. So that's just where the timeline is. Like I like literally track it in real time. So uh, yeah, so I don't, I couldn't just like leap into the future and pretend that's today and I wouldn't want to set it in the future. So that would be just too weird for me. I'm just anal that part. I can't. I mean, I think, I think there are certain words words that like date the books right even though they don't say like in the year 2020 or whatever but there's little references yeah like for example when I wrote Love and Hockey I wanted it to be like in the 90 like late 90s area and I put cab 
And my editor was like, why not put Uber? And I'm like, because I'm not writing it in the now. I was right. like, it's a cab, not an Uber. And so like, and then like, it's like, oh, like she had on wire, like headphones. And it's like, why not iPod? Like I, like, you right. know, the, the, the uh, wireless ones or whatever. Right. And it's like, because I said so. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're being true to the time, right? Exactly. Because yeah. I said so. That's why. So yeah. I, I don't, I understand. But I, I totally, I, yeah, I totally feel you on that. But I told I, I understand. So I am gonna shift gears here and move to the player series. Sure. And I think it's safe to say people know of like, you know, bad boy rocker, Ashley player, you know, like it's just like an icon. So now first thing I want to know is like what your inspiration was for making him a bisexual rocker. My, as my as a fellow bisexual, <laughs> it's not something that you see often. And, but it makes such for like a such good character dynamic. I love seeing like LGBTQ plus representation. Oh, good. And so I want to know. Okay. Um, the why that's tough. It's like anything else that it just, the stuff just comes, the ideas just come and the characters are so real to me in my head that it's like, he just is, that's just who he is. It's a big part of who he is. And he's mm-hmm. very vivid for me. And I don't know at what point point I like decided that that was going to be a thing it's more like for me the characters I give them space to just like come alive in my head and I ruminate a lot I think on it and they kind of tell me who they are and so I mean by the time I mean he was introduced in the first book just in passing and by the second book it already is mentioned that he is bisexual so it was there from the beginning um I'm not even sure of the why per se except that I guess he told me so. He told so me like so. a crazy because, person. He told me he so. wanted to be because he wanted yeah, to be. That's who he is. Yeah, that's who he is. I think it makes for like a dynamic character. Um, I think that when somebody is bisexual, I think it's a lot of the times like, especially like a rock star, right? You know, because I mean, they are known for being like playboys and shit like that. Yeah. And so when you like play into that, it's good to see like, like actual representation of what I feel like, because there was a lot of like people, people don't know this, but there was a lot of like lead singer rock stars who were bisexual men. Like they slept with women and women. Like they had orgies with both sexes. Okay. So like, I, I like the fact that it's like actual, it's like a, like a good representation of that character. It felt nice to be represented on the pages because bisexuality is not like, you're either like on one form of the spectrum where you're writing about like, like gay or like lesbian or transgender or something like to that nature but bisexuality is like something that doesn't get put in often and I'm when I see it I'm like fuck yeah (laughs) yeah we love to see it so I was glad oh I'm so glad to hear that you know I didn't think about those kinds of things when I wrote it I just wrote what was true yeah yeah the character and that's how it always is so it's really great to hear that feedback well good I'm glad I'm glad that I could do that for you because I mean I think that's the way it should be you should make your character as organic as possible Mm -hmm. and you know if that person is you know of whatever gender or whatever sexuality then that's how it happens but Mm -hmm. I thought you did a good job with his character development and that kind of thing thank you so that kind of thing so in the book lovely madness you know it's about somebody who suffers from mental health issues another thing that I'm twinning with okay we're just (laughs) two for two over here so was this based on like you know like Carrie has become like a recluse after you know the BF has died so like was this based on like real life or imaginary like if it was imaginary did you have a lot of research into the mental health issues or was this like writing 
such an intense book something that you pulled from like yourself Mm -hmm. uh great questions and I actually get asked that about that a lot um Mm -hmm. with this book in particular and this storyline and this character um it was not based on anything real that I'd experienced or in my life or extended uh experiences it was entirely imagination but um for me research usually like kind of like what I talked about with the music thing is like I'm a sponge for information I guess yeah and I didn't realize how much that was so until I really got into being a writer and writing book after book and I realized that there was just a lot in there that I have and it comes out in the writing yeah and so for research I don't do a lot of like intensive research but for me research often involves like fact checking or like word checking and making sure I'm using terms correctly or just checking to make sure that something I thought was true is true yeah um I did read up a little bit on agoraphobia that part of it I knew I felt like I didn't necessarily know a lot about except for what I'd seen in movies and I wanted to make sure I understood it a little bit so it's sort of like looking up definitions often just to make sure I'm not misusing them and a lot of it again is the feel of the character like the character is sort of telling me how they feel yeah um so it's very organic and then some fact checking that's generally how I do research but where that differs is sometimes if I'm doing something that's actually true, like I can give you an example. So in Lovely Madness, there's also um, quite an extensive story about the recording of the Rolling Stones song mm-hmm. um, and uh, Give Me Shelter. And that I actually researched because that wasn't fiction. That is actually a true story. That's somebody else's story. So when I went to retell that, I wanted to make sure it was entirely factual because the character was reiterating the story as, you know, this is a true story. So I actually went and I wasn't just going to, you know, read what somebody said about something. I actually listened to recordings and watched interviews where um, Mick Jagger and Mary Mary Clayton, the um, backup singer that sang on the track, um, where they actually talked about the recording and told that story of the whole thing. So that I actually researched because again, it's not a story I was telling, it was somebody else's story I was trying to get right. So that's where I would do a bit of heavy research, but yeah, that's, that's generally how it works for me. I mean, I think that's a good way to go about it. I feel like if you're writing something that's already like a hard fact out there in the world, I think that's a good way. And like, I feel like mental Ill- mental health and like mental illnesses are very like, so there are little, some things that are like black and white and their right. mental illness is not one of them. It's a very gray area. So I think that a big thing for a lot of people is to know that when you write a character with like, you know, agoraphobia or like an eating disorder or something like that, you're not representing an entire community or representing one person that's in part of that community, which is a different experience than what yours may have been. But I feel like as long, and I mean, you did, so I mean, you know, congratulations, but I mean, I feel like as long as you're being respectful of the community and, you know, you have like because like, like you said, like you fact check. So like if you hear something on television, like a fact about anxiety and you know, you're like writing it and you're like, shit, maybe I should like make sure that's not Hollywood uh, and like make sure it's actually like real. Um, so I think that that's, that's a good way to go about it. It makes it more organic and it makes it more real. So good for you. Yeah. And you know what, um, just to add to that, one of the things that I found so interesting about Carrie was that he wasn't just, I shouldn't say just, but he wasn't only, you know, agoraphobic or dealing with um, being in mourning over losing his friend or trauma or PTSD or um, stage fright and different levels of social anxiety. It was like a combo of all of these things that were related to each other. And so I did do that, you know, sort of fact checking, but then 
when I was writing the character, it was like finding this person inside there and how all of those things affected them and how that manifested in that person. Cause like you said, it's not like every person doesn't experience those things the same, right? Exactly. Like I have anxiety, but I don't have social anxiety. I'm usually really good in like areas of like with people. Cause I'm very much a social butterfly, but like when people are like, Oh, you have anxiety. That means like you have a fear of like people and like crowds. And it's like, no, I do very well in like big groups. It's just, I have anxiety about certain issues that are of my own, you know? So nothing is black and white. And I do, and like mental illnesses also have like a mixture like of like different things that feed off of one another. And I, that's another good thing to say. So I think that, yeah. Good, good. I don't know what I was trying to go with there with that, but you know, whatever it was, it was something intelligent, I'm sure. And uh, congratulations on being able to write and depict a character for like in, you know, mental health, like crisis in such a respectable way and real way. So congratulations. Thank you. Stevie, move forward, please. Cause I'm stuck <laughs> talking in circles. It's a break now. Okay, um, so you re- released another book this past October, which is Handsome Devil, mm-hmm. and this is an enemy solver billionaire. So for people who oh, have God. not read this book, can you tell them what they can expect from this new book? Sure. So uh, Handsome Devil is the first book in my new spinoff series. So there was the Dirty series, which started it all. And then there was a spinoff, the Players series. They're both um, rockstar romance series. Not every character was a rock star, but that was uh, centered around a couple of bands. And so this is the first book in the next spinoff series. So it's the same world. Uh, a lot of the same characters appear, but uh, this one is not rock star and it's not centered around bands. So this um, basically this uh, this whole series is about um, the concept of villains as like heroes as villains, like what oh, if the heroes yeah. are villains, which I love. It's just so intriguing, right? Yeah. Like the anti-hero, the bad boy, all of that. Um, so the first book is, uh, so the very first dirty book was Katie and Jesse. And so Katie's best friend, Debbie, who is heavily involved in that book and is such a great character. She needed a book. I knew she needed a book, but it just never fit in anywhere. Um, so this book is her book. Um, and the hero is a new character, not new to her, but new to the, to the world, to the reader. I love that. Listen, I love a good villain. I'll take a villain over a hero yeah. every day. Okay? Right? <laughs> yeah. There's, I mean, that's just something about me, you know, as a person, but I don't even care. <laughs> well, I mean, villains are hot, right? It's the bad boy. Yeah. It's every time though. Every time I start a new television series, mm-hmm. every time. I'm oh, you crush on the villain, not like the hero. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm like, no, I, I know you. I shouldn't be attracted to him. I know he's a bad person and I know <laughs> that I'm going to root against him, but he's kind of hot. Like, I don't know if you guys watch The Witcher. Do oh, I love The Witcher. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Listen to what I did, right? I yeah. was watching it with my partner and, you know, we were watching. You have watched season two, correct? I just finished it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Also, the ending, I gasped audibly I was like no fucking way but anyways I'm not getting into that what I'm gonna get into though is I was watching with my partner we were watching season two and when that uh pyro uh the mage who works with fire showed up in the in the cell and he was clicking his fingers I was like ah yes that man is hot yeah he's man, he's a tra- yes. I was like I realized that he is not on our side at the moment <laughs> but 
that man is hot. Man. Yeah. And when that when that scar heals, he's gonna be giving me Zuko from Avatar vibes. And I had such a crush <laughs> on that dude when I was a child. So everybody just leaves my villains alone. But I do that every single time. It never fails. Never fails. My partner's always like, "Why the fuck do you do that?" <laughs> I'm like, "I don't. I don't know. I don't." I, I think a lot of romance readers do that, right? That's why there's so many. There's so many dark romance that are becoming like dark romance is huge. It's exploding. And there's a reason. We love that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> me who writes dark romance. It's like me. It. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, I I love a good villain. I mean, don't be wrong. Like there, I do love a hero. I do love a good hero. But I think that there's something, I think that villains are heroes, but in a morally gray way. And I think I that's what and I And that's love what's the most. so interesting. Right? Yeah. Is like. It's like, I know that this is wrong. Like, I know that murdering people is bad, but he's killing other bad people. So technically, we're on the right side of the morally gray Like, like really, um, he's really nice to, you know, his dog. Exactly. Really- and you know how crazy <laughs> it is? Only a few sentences, like, change the way that we view a villain hottie and a villain not you know, like the actual villain. And then you have like the villain you fall in love with. And it's only like a few sentences that change like these personalities for people. Cause it's like, what's so wrong about this guy that isn't a, like wrong about this mm-hmm. one. And I just love that. I love it. It's my favorite thing ever. Me too. I love it. So if the, like dirty, like me and hot mess were to become like TV slash movie, like movies, you could pick one or both <laughs> who would you cast in the lead roles and why? Oh, this is such a hard one. I uh, definitely TV, like if I could have a choice and this was going to happen, I mean, I would love to see them on screen and I'd love, you know, TV series now. There's such huge budgets put behind them. There's so much talent and there's just room for the breadth and the depth of the story to come alive. So, you know, TV series would be amazing. Um, as for actors, you know, I really can't say I'd love to be involved in the process where I could at least like put in my two cents or maybe like yay or nay it if I thought it was really good or really wrong. But um, I would hope that they would be like an amazing team with amazing casting that would just get it and be able to find those amazing even rising stars that are just right because yeah. the characters are all kind of in their mid mid 20s to mid 30s at most I'd say most of them, the core characters and uh, you know I, there's nobody that comes to mind like I always pictured like a young Travis Fimmel as Zane oh Um, that was the closest yeah that was the closest actor I ever saw where I was like wow he kind of reminds me of Zane but like I don't I don't see other actors and go you know that's so-and-so or that's so-and-so so Mm -hmm. I I mean I think that so I feel like a lot of the times like speaking of the Witcher I feel like this is a good example (laughs) or a metaphor or an analogy or whatever you want to call it but um people were pissed off that Henry Cavill got the role as Geralt, right? For sure, because they see it's not, they see Superman, right? They see Superman and there's like, there's no fucking way that Superman Henry Cavill is going to be the Witcher. But you got to think about how talented hair and makeup is and how like, how that these people can take what you think you know a person is and morph them completely into like a different character and that's why I always give leeway when I see like a cast release for like a series that I like yeah like even if I'm like immediately like oh my god I don't think that they're gonna do a good job right 
I think about, oh my God, but you got to think about hair and makeup. You got to think about like their acting. You got to think about how they like merge themselves into the fucking character. And I was like, there is no way in the world that anybody would ever pick another individual to be the Witcher besides Henry Cavill now that they have seen him on television. Oh, he's amazing. He's amazing. Absolutely. And I'm trying to remain positive. That's what I'm telling myself before they release Akatar's cast. <laughs> um, so like Sarah J. Mass, Sarah J. Mass is like a Court of Thorns and Roses series becoming a series, television series. Mm-hmm. And there are people losing their fucking minds about this cast. And I'm just trying to remain calm, yeah. collected, and reminding myself about hair and makeup and the acting. But I swear to fuck, yeah. I swear to God. If they fuck up my favorite character, I might so I might be mad. But it's well, fine. yeah, just wait, just wait and see what they can come up with. They probably won't release it because they're afraid of people's backlash. I swear to God, I'm, it could be. Yeah, fandom is scary as shit. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. So Stevie, you can take the last question for the section. Okay, so what is next for 2022? Ooh, uh, well, I'm writing the next book in the Van City Villains series. So that's the spinoff. Um, so book one came out in October. I'm working on book two and it's coming out in June. So um, yeah, so that'll be rolling out. Beyond that, I just can't really say, won't really say, because I, I everything's subject to change and I don't like to promise and then I have to change things. So that's all we know so far. I like that. I like that. <laughs> to a plan and go with it. <laughs> All right, so we're going to move to writing questions, which is my portion of the podcast. So are you a plotter, a pantser, or somewhere in between? And I feel like I could guess this, but go ahead. Why don't you guess? I want to hear you. I guess. think that you're a plotter. And why would you say that? Because your timelines are anal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, I used to be less of a plotter, but I learned that I would write myself into corners. Yeah. Um, and I just wouldn't know where I was going. And I would write like entire chapters that would get thrown out because I was just didn't know where the hell I was going with it. Um, so I found for me to be productive, I do much better when I plot it out and I plot it out really extensively. And then I can see where the problems are and make sure it's working. And I, yeah, I really do that. But then I also, I feel like I'm a combo because I do pants as well, like more within the scenes, but sometimes things will just take off in another direction. I didn't expect and things come alive while you're writing and things change um so as much as you can plot I think just so much of it comes alive in the writing that I definitely am some kind of combo but oh my god see we're the same person right (laughs) I do the same thing that's exactly what I do a lot of people think that it's really stiff to plot as much as I do and I don't even care okay I don't even care but (laughs) it's very like organic in like the plot itself is very like a, on a timeline but the it's organic within the chapters when it comes mm-hmm. to like dialogue and action oh, yeah. and things that characters do that's all like that's all organic like I let that happen as it is like I don't write the dialogue for the for the chapter like I'll write like what I feel like needs to happen here mm-hmm. place a few lines of dialogue to like center it around but everything else that happens is like organic and happens because it's what they feel like saying or feel like doing Um, and if they happen to go on a different direction with dialogue or something that they do then I'll adjust the plot as necessary um but I found for me that the best thing is like plotting 10 chapters at a time um because if I plot an entire like you know 40 chapter book or something in one big go I realize that half the time I end up trashing half that uh plot and like redoing it because I, I I let my characters take me in a direction and I'm like oh shit okay so 
from 10 chapters, we will plot the next 10 chapters and the next 10 chapters until the book is done. And that just seems to work for me. Okay. It gives me some type of order and structure, but yeah. I thought I was a pantser too. I thought I was an in-between person. If you meet some of the authors that come on here and talk about their pantsing, they're like, I just sit down and write. And I'm like, okay, so I am definitely yeah. a part. So oh, I yeah, just- it makes me uncomfortable just to hear it. Cause yeah. I, that, I just, I could not work that way. Okay. I just couldn't. That makes, see that, that triggers my anxiety. There you yeah. go. Not yeah. It's just I hear you. writing without an outline. <laughs> That gives me anxiety. Yeah. I would just write uh, often way too, I would waste so much time and so much energy just writing and writing and writing the wrong things. If I did that, it wouldn't work for me. Story of my life. Story mm-hmm. of my life. So do you have any like interesting writing quirks? Like if when you sit down to write, like do you have to be like eating a special kind of candy or like wearing a special pair of socks or like humming a certain song? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody do that? Is that a- no, but like you would be surprised. If you would be surprised there. the answers that we get. You should be surprised. Oh I can't even say anything. I have one too, so it's fine. It's fine. What's yours? I. <laughs> so let me preface by saying I wash it. Okay, but oh my god, what's this? When I, when I start a book, <laughs> right when I start a book, I have to wear a different hoodie. Like I like hoodies are like I like even oh yeah I wear them. So when I'm writing, I'll only have that hoodie on. Like it has to be on right. my body when I'm writing. I wash it, okay. But it, that's the only thing I can write in is that hoodie, that one hoodie, and it has to stay there. If I'm to lose that hoodie, all hell will break loose. But yeah, so that's my maybe, weird part. Maybe I need a writing hoodie. It I don't. Works. <laughs> I don't feel like I have any. I'm just. I don't know. Maybe I'm boring. I. You know, usually I have, well, okay. I drink tea, like chai tea. Like it's going out of style. Like I just drink it. I constantly went, that's like my getting into the zone. Like I'll make my tea and sit down with my tea. And so that is sort of my ritual thing or my trigger that kind of gets me into the writing mode. Yeah. Um, and uh, music, I do listen to music when I write, but not like sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. It depends. Sometimes it's good and sometimes it dist- gets me distracted. So um, that's it. I don't have any other like hardcore, like hoodie rituals or anything. That's fine. That's fine. I mean, that probably means that you're normal. I mean, <laughs> I feel like I also love chai tea. I also love chai tea. I, there's a like coffee place down there and they make this chai pumpkin latte and it is, and I don't even fucking like pumpkin. And that shit is the best I think I've ever had in my whole life. Mm-hmm. So good. Also, if you like chai, have you ever had matcha? Matcha or matcha chai? You like mean matcha the straight matcha yeah I've had it it's not really my thing it's all right I like matcha okay so like I like chai and matcha mixed okay. it's very good yeah like mixed matcha. together okay I've never yeah. had it mixed together chai matcha latte one pump of vanilla that's it and it's delicious oh you kind of have me at vanilla there yeah I like vanilla. yeah do it it's really good it's, the best. it's so good it's good all right so what do you like to do when you're not writing Oh, you know, that's hard to answer. Like I'm a mom, I have a six-year-old and I feel like all this, the free time, she's at that age where like all the free time is sucked up by mom duties. So I sound really boring right now. Um, But yeah, basically I'm a mom and uh, what do I like to do? I would, you know, I'm looking forward to getting back to traveling this year. Like it's been a couple of years of um, 
pretty locked down here and just like not having any adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm getting pretty stir crazy. So I look forward to traveling more, but I, I like to read. I don't read as much as I should anymore because I'm always working, but I'm getting back into reading lately, which is great because I just miss it. Um, I used to be so, you know, just reading all the time. Um, and then music, music, movies, anything inspirational. I just like soaking up all the inspiration, right? So yeah so you live in Canada why would you want to travel anywhere I want to live in Canada so fucking bad it is I'll not visit <laughs> visit my ass if I come visit I'm staying I'll never leave <laughs> I will where? apply to get my citizenship where are you uh not near Canada um so <laughs> I live in North Carolina right now okay but eventually before I'm 26 I want to at least move to the Pacific Northwest before she's 26 before I'm 26. What? You're such a baby. baby. Oh my God. I knew that was coming. (laughs) Anyways, before, yeah, I know before I'm 26, I want to move to the Pacific Northwest, get as close to Canada as possible. So like Washington or Oregon, my aunt Lala lives out there and we used to visit in the summers and that's like my place. It's where I want to live. And before anybody says anything, yes, I realize it's dark and gray and rainy and depressing. I like dark, gray, rainy and depressing. Okay. Okay. Well, then it might be good for you then. Might I like be what you need. And I would love to live in Vancouver. Like I would love to live in British Columbia. That's the area of Canada that I would love to live in. Um, it's beautiful. I know. It's beautiful. It really is. I know. Yeah. I know it is. I can't. I want to cry thinking about it. But yeah. So, Aww. and I was not born. I was not made to live on the East Coast. I'm sorry. I just wasn't. <laughs> it's not where I'm meant to be. You know what? I get that though. I get that because I always felt pulled to the West Coast and I love it. It's my, yeah, it's just where I'm meant to be. I feel like the West Coast is like made for dreamers, which is just the most fucking just atrocious (laughs) thing I've ever said in my life. But if you think about it, like California is like a state where people go, like New York City is also like a big thing, you know, like, oh, you go there to like make your dreams happen in New York City. But when you think of like an area that you want to move to, to make like dreams come true, you think of California. And like, it's never fucking on the East Coast. You never think North Carolina. You never fucking think Mississippi. Okay. So, so I want to live, I want to live on the West Coast. That is the end of this. But it's cold here. That's That's fine. I love the snow. I hate the snow and I hate the cold. So that part. It literally snowed for the first time in North Carolina for the first time in like fucking three years. And you would think Mm -hmm. these people were going, there was zombie apocalypse. There was nothing in the grocery stores. (laughs) Nobody was on the roads. Everything was closed. Everything. They, it, I love the snow though. It's because I grew up in like Virginia, Southwest Virginia, like in the mountains. So I have an accent, but um, we got snow all the time. And I was like, damn, they send us to school with this much snow and y'all shut everything down. Right. It was insane. Insane. Weather's crazy. Anyways, moving forward. So what is the weirdest thing that you've ever had to Google for a book? <laughs> and that I've ever had to Google for a book? Yeah. Uh, you know, I can't really think of the weirdest, but like I had to... I had to Google some like gun stuff okay. just to make sure, like, again, fact checking, like that I was getting like the brand name, right. And like certain facts. Right. And now like, you know how, as soon as you do that, then it tracks you and all in your social media apps. It's like your ads just start getting geared to whatever you just looked at. <laughs> so it's not even this weird, like gun world related type ads. Like, I don't even know how they got through, but somehow somebody was running and they start targeting me. It was a little weird. It was like, that was probably the weirdest, but 
yeah like I'm not a I'm not like shopping for guns but yeah yeah it's just like <laughs> the fact <laughs> that I wonder nothing has been targeted to me yet regarding my Google's search really you, you know I would be afraid if it was oh my god uh, I would definitely know if it was I would 100% know if it was because you like get that it's like the second I'll be like shopping for socks and then I go on Instagram and then my next Instagram ad is like socks it's like uh, all the time see sometimes it'll happen with some of the lighter stuff like if I if I talk about cat food like if I'm talking about cat food on this podcast right now I guarantee that cat food ads <laughs> will show up on my Facebook comes to my Google to searches that's never mm-hmm. happened uh really? I feel like I would know because it's mm-hmm. like a org would show up or like a, a graveyard <laughs> or like a something like you know like how to get away with murder 101 or some shit like that is gonna pop up but nothing like that has popped up because I think I would know I definitely feel like I would notice it but it's never happened so maybe it's just you oh maybe. I don't think it's, I don't think it's just me <laughs> I'm, just <kidding. laughs> I'm just kidding um but I mean I know it happens though because yeah. the, the CIA we all I have this theory that we all have CIA agents that are like pinned to us right we all have like specific ones minds yeah. Mine is named is Steve and he's sleeping with his co-worker who sleep who stays in a cubicle next to him. Um and it sounds like a book you need to write. I want to because I know that like if Steve is real, I know for a fact that he is like this bitch. If people start go, going missing in North Carolina, it's her. Like she fucking did it. Like I know for a fact he's so tired of my shit. Absolutely. If he's real, if he's real um yeah, this is a book you just need to write I think oh my god yeah. I this idea but it's not I don't want to write it so somebody else could do it if they wanted to but imagine you do have an FBI agent like everybody has one and he's having relationship issues with the lady in the cubicle next to him but he's also internally watching you have relationship issues uh and so like you're both having relationship oh and you meet each other on a blind date and fall in love and you don't know it and he don't know that he's like secretly your cia agent oh my god write it. hold on let me write this down <laughs> i don't want to write it it sounds a little hallmarky and i'm not writing hallmark stuff right now but i yeah but you know you just need to make him a villain oh my god that's it's so good apple like she doesn't know that he's her cia agent but he knows and they both have been having dating <laughs> oh my god I need to message somebody to write this immediately. <laughs> Anyways, okay, moving forward, Stevie, take the reading questions while I find a pen. Okay, what book has your favorite cover? Now, this could be one of yours or somebody else's. You know, I don't really have an answer for that. I don't, like, nothing stands out. I do love book covers and cover art, and I'm just, like, constantly, you know, drooling over them, looking through them, but I don't have, nothing comes out as a favorite. Um for my own, I mean, Dirty Lake Me has a special place in my heart, the current cover, because it was my first uh, unique cover that I invested in for my books. And so, and it's, you know, it's kind of my flagship book, I call it. So it does. And well. it has old boy on it. And I fucking yeah. love Chase. Oh my God. Yeah. So attractive. He is. And, you know, I had no idea who he was when I, when I purchased the image or licensed yeah. the image for my book. I had no idea. I was just like, yeah, I like that. I had no idea who he was. I got TikTok and then I found him on TikTok and I was like, oh, this is the dude that's on all those covers. I genuinely think that he is what 
<laughs> I genuinely think that he is what Cupid looked like. Like I, I like when I, I swear I know, this, <laughs> I know this is, I know this is the stupidest shit you've ever heard in your entire life, and you're like, why did I fucking call this podcast? But like when I imagine like what Cupid looks like, like as a human being or like uh-huh. a dog or like Eros, that's what he Eros. looks like. In my head. I hear you now. Okay, that's now what I follow he you. looks like. Yeah, no, he doesn't look like me in like a little. Yeah, the Cupid threw me off, but when you said Eros, now I'm like, okay, yeah, now. That's I'm what like, I imagine he yeah. looks like, like 100%. That's what I think he looks oh, like. Yeah. So somebody write that book too, as well, and put him on the cover. <laughs> All right, continue. All right, what attracts you to a book? The cover, the blurb, the recommendation from someone, or a title? Uh, what attracts me? I mean, definitely the cover, or the title, or the author will attract me but the blurb will convince me to buy it or read a sample or whatever Mm -hmm. yeah or the trope maybe but I think the blurb is what would really seal the deal I can't read samples I wish that I was like strict enough to read a sample but I'm just like Uh, fuck it we're going in we're going in good for you (laughs) I do sometimes it's like if the blurb if it really got me like the whole thing I will sometimes just straight one click, but I do often do samples also because again, it's a timing issue. Like I don't read as much as I would love to. So often I'll just grab the sample to put on my Kindle. And then when I have time, I'll look through, you know, that kind of thing. All right. That mean that works. I feel like you're a very right brained individual with like left brain tendencies. Does that mean like anal retentive and organized? No, 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 no. It just means that you, because <laughs> that I am. It just means that you're analytical, like with the one thing you, with the way you go about things, not, you know. Yes. But I feel like you're very right brain, right dominant person when it comes to your brain. That's I might brain. be, but it comes from years of living a life I was very dissatisfied with and deciding that that was bullshit and taking control of my life and now I'm systematic about things yes queen oh my god (laughs) yeah I love that I I wonder when that's gonna happen for me (laughs) whatever you have a podcast and you're not even 26 yet trust me I was not doing anything like that when I was your age so I also write books (laughs) there you go so um way ahead of where I was at it's it's you know you know age is only a number though I feel I feel like you know how people are like insecure like when they start to get like older in age and I feel like age is literally you know relative but when Mm -hmm. people get insecure about their ages as they get older I'm insecure like going into this industry I was so insecure about people finding out how old I was I was like god all the time no every day nobody knows how old I am and then people, and then it just came out and people just started saying it. So I was like, fuck it. I guess we all know now. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. Yeah. And you're not the only one. I know. Yeah. But it's like, it so makes me nervous. It makes my hands sweat thinking about it. Yep. See? <laughs> it is just a number though. Yeah. All right, Stevie, continue. Okay. So who are some of your favorite authors to read? To read? Um, well, I always say Dinah Gabaldon. Gabaldon. <gasps> I always say her name wrong. Gabaldon? Don't ask Gabaldon. me. I think it's Gabaldon, um, who wrote the Outlander series. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think she's a master of blending genres and amazing characters. And um, yeah, she's just fantastic. So I, I love her. Um, I just discovered 
there's so many great authors, right? Like who can keep up and so many, just so many books, but I just discovered, um, you just said her name at the beginning. Uh, I think she was on your podcast, but I don't even know how to say her name. JT Geisinger. Oh, JT Geisinger. How do you say her name? That's a love Geisinger. Is it Geisinger? Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was Gessinger. Don't, that was the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to me. Oh, okay. I guessed it would be Geisinger, but I don't know if I'm, Anyway, I just, I just discovered her. Like I just came across her books. I didn't even know she existed. That's just like, there's so much out there. Right. And I'm not the best at keeping up with like, who's doing what and who all the names are and whatever. So, um, for some reason, I don't know how I had never seen her books before, maybe just not like clued in. Um, but I started reading, I've read like two of hers now and they're fantastic. So what have you read? Um, I randomly picked up the, I think it was the third book in her Queens and Monsters series. Yeah. And then, so then I enjoyed it. So I was like, I'm going to go back and read book one. So now I'm reading book one. I'm not quite done, but almost. I fantastic. They're fantastic. Cage is so nasty in a good way. (laughs) I love her. And when she came on the podcast, I had pneumonia. But that's how important the podcast was. I I did the podcast with the with pneumonia and, and then COVID. I fucked up her last name and said Gessinger <laughs> and she was a good guy singer and I was like fuck you are literally I love you with my whole heart Aww. and I just fucked up and I'm sick worst day of my life she's, she's great I will say like I don't know how I didn't discover her sooner sorry oh no no, no you're fine go ahead go ahead yeah um I will recommend though when if you finish the queens and monster series and you and mm. you enjoy it read midnight valentine it's a standalone from any of her other stuff and it is, and I feel like it's a very underrated book of hers. I don't feel like she's an underrated author, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's an underrated book of hers. Okay. So good. So smart and so beautiful and so good. And the way she writes it, it'll just, ha- it'll have you all sorts of fucked up. It's so good. Yeah. She's smart. She's smart. Love her. Love her. <laughs> all right. Okay. So that is Stevie's last reading question, right? Yep. Yes. Okay, cool. So we're going to move <laughs> on to trope questions. The last portion of the podcast. Okay. However, we do love these questions. So what is your favorite trope to write and why? To write, uh, you know, I'm a sucker for the like older brother's best friend. Such an icon, icon. Like, I just love it. And it's funny, I actually like, okay, I was such a like, like besides not knowing who like is what author and whatever I also like didn't know what a trope was when I started I didn't know what genres were I had no clue like I did not know I didn't even know rockstar romance was like a genre until I was like doing it like I seriously like seriously I was clueless and I've learned things along the way I'm still learning I don't know the half of it um so tropes were totally like and so I really loved that idea I didn't know it was a trope I didn't know it was called a trope but the older brother's best friend thing I was like obsessed with that idea I didn't even know it was a thing I didn't know that readers would love it um or how huge it is um and so my first book that I ever wrote which was deep I don't know if you're familiar but I have like a duet as well like an erotic romance duet um, and the, so that was the first book I ever wrote was the first book in that duet. And that was an older brother's best friend um, story. And then there's one in the players series. And then a couple others that sort of brush on, like there's a bit of a sibling thing, like with Jesse and Jessa, but you know, I just, I, I would have done it like a lot more, but I don't know. I, I didn't even think that readers would necessarily like it. Like that's how it's like an idiotic I was. Yeah, I know. It's like one of, when I pull my readers, it's like one of their favorite tropes. And so now I'm like, okay, well, I guess I can feel free to like indulge that going forward somewhere because I just had no idea. 
but I love I, it. Fun. I learned tropes. I didn't know what tropes were either. Well, I did. That's a lot. <laughs> I knew what tropes were because I found out on Wattpad. okay so when I was when I was reading so you know how like people start like I don't I'm not sure when indie publishing took I feel like it was after Fifty Shades of Grey when indie publishing like really like took off with like with romance authors writing with Kindle and on Amazon and that kind of thing um so like how when that big boom happened right for that that was my Wattpad (laughs) when Wattpad was like so like the kissing booth which is on Netflix was originally a Wattpad book that had maybe 2,000 readers when I first wrote it when I first read it so good and she only wrote one and only planned to write one fucking book and she left it with Noah going to college and 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 just ended it and I was like well that's fucking great and then (laughs) no whatever it healed my inner child when she wrote more but um and then like after was a Harry Styles fan fiction that I wrote on read on Wattpad um all of the characters in after were the One Direction members <laughs> and so like, I swear to god and so I learned tropes from Wattpad because they were like tagged like right um like fiction brother's best friend right uh, enemies to lovers like that kind of thing I was like oh so that's a trope mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but I never realized how many there fucking are oh my god oh yeah there are so many, so many. all right Stevie you take the next trope question what is one trope you would eventually like to write and why? Oh, eventually like to write. Um, I have to think about that. I'm totally blanking. Eventually like to write. You know, maybe, you know, I love the idea of like the male virgin story. Reverse or like. Or yes. Oh, well, is that, a, is that is what the trope is called? Like, I don't even know. Reverse virgin. <laughs> Reverse virgin. Okay. There you go. <laughs> and um, the older woman, younger man, like so I just think December, that's what's called. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Or like, yeah. It's called a made of December romance, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I've heard it like in past. I, I have to, but is it like reverse made of December if the guy is the young one and she's older? Hold I don't on. know. Let me look. Yeah, yeah I don't even know. Made December romance is an age-old term for a relationship between two people with a considerable considerable age difference. Yeah. yeah. The month symbolizes seasons with spring representing youth and winter representing old age. Right. So I'm assuming that if winter comes first, so <laughs> May to December is young to old. <laughs> right. You know, you know, yes. so yeah, whatever. I think you could switch it back and forth. Yeah. But cool. That would be cool. I, I love those books. I don't know. I don't know. I just think that would be fun, but I don't know if I'll ever write it. But I think that's one that I have never done that I would consider doing if I had the right story. I love a good reverse virgin. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I love it. It's so good. It makes for such an interesting, like, uh, character like relationship dynamic I love it so much it's so great different kind of tension and you know <laughs> and he's nervous I can't show it I love that shit I love that shit so much <laughs> you know what I don't love though when like when you read those and he's an expert like the first time oh, yeah right because that's yeah no bullshit. bullshit I call bullshit I don't care how much porn he's watching his life he's that's gotta got it. That'll, that'll make it worse are you kidding yeah no he's got to stumble at least at one point in the thing you know like stumble at, at some point um all right so what is one trope you'll never write and why never write uh oh my gosh or if like you never say never 
which is yeah. the farthest on the- never say never is totally my motto. Like I never say never, but I mean, I don't like uh, maybe like something like really, really taboo with like a really young heroine. I actually like young heroines. And I think some people, especially like some of my readers, I find are a bit squeamish about that, like, or not squeamish, but you know, it's not their happy place. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, um, I don't mind a young heroine, like even 16 or whatever, depending on the story and the context and how, where it goes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's something super taboo with like a really young heroine and a really older guy. I think that would be too much for my taste, but yeah, that's the only thing that comes to mind. So you would write a reverse never harem? Say never. What's that? You would write a reverse harem? Oh, I mean, I already wrote one. It's just not finished, but I don't know. if. Ah! I <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> reverse, reverse harem is my favorite. My favorite. Trend. Really? Yeah. It's because I got 18 personalities and I feel like I need one for each. Right. There you I, go. I love reverse harem. <laughs> um, and I wasn't expecting you to say that, but that's awesome. Fuck yeah. We yeah. love to see it. Oh, I don't know. Maybe we'll see. If it ever sees a lot of day, I will be there. Front row. I'm ready for it. <laughs> She's I'm like, sign me up for beta right. reading. Yeah. yeah. I will do whatever needs to be done. Um, all right. So Stevie can take, you can take the last question. Okay. If you were in a book, what trope would you want for your story? Oh, that's easy. Older brother's best friend. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Love it. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't have a brother. So there's no like ick factor for me. It's just like the idea of like an older brother who's really, you know, cool, protective, and then has this super hot friend that I'm not supposed to, you know, that would be, that would be great. I'd be in that book for sure. Sign me See, up. I have the ick factor. I'm the oldest of like five. Um, and when I look at my, like, even if, even if, you know, you have like the younger brother's best friend too, you know, like right. when I look at my younger brother's friends and he's four years <laughs> older than, younger than me. And when I look at him, look, his friends, I'm like, there's well, no way in, in any hell that, that would ever happen ever. Oh my God. And they must be pretty young though right now. So that probably doesn't help. Yeah, kind of. Well, he's he just turned 18. So his friends are like yeah. of legal age, but right. um, none of them are anybody <laughs> on my right. And it's never happened. That's never occurred. And uh, <laughs> that's never going to happen. So I have an ick factor right. when it comes to that. But I still read them because I don't have an older sibling. Right. So I can separate it like that. But when it comes to like the younger ones, I'm like, no, there's a can. I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it. But that is our last question for you. You have been such an amazing guest and we want to thank you so much for coming on and joining us and chatting with us and putting up with, you know, my our ambition. You're right, but it was super fun. Um, and we like to, oh, no problem. We like to give the authors a little bit of time to talk about themselves. If you have a release coming up or a you know, cover reveal or anything important like that, this is your time to let them know and uh, let our listeners know where to find you. The floor is yours. Sure. Okay. So my next book coming out June 30th is Rebel Air. It's book two in the Density Villains series, and it is up for pre-order on Amazon right now. So you can go pre-order it right now. And uh, my website is janediamond.com. Jane is J-A-I-N-E. So that's why <laughs> some people don't know how to how to say it but it's just jane j-a-i-n-e uh diamond.com and from there you can find all my socials um i just got active on tiktok which is super 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 fun i have to say and uh instagram and whatever i have two facebook groups too for readers and yeah 
Well, you can find me anywhere. I'm all over the place. <laughs> all right. Awesome. And once again, thank you for joining us and we hope to chat with you again. Okay. Soon. Thank you so much for having me. You guys are so much fun.